0: Thanks for listening to the Journey Christian Church podcast. We're on a mission to make disciples who love God, love people, and serve the world. Our prayer is that this message encourages you today. And remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible. I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July as well. Just so grateful uh, for America, to be American, to live in America so grateful. And my prayers are our best days are ahead as a country. That's my prayer. And I believe that God wants to use the local church to do just that. And, and so if you're joining us, maybe you're celebrating at the beach, maybe you're mountain, wherever you're at, we just, uh, we're glad that you're here. We're in a brand new series called Awaken. And today we're going to be talking about hungering thirst for more of God. And, and really kind of the idea of this uh, series came as I was studying a guy named Evan Roberts, Evan Roberts was an evangelist, and uh, really he led one of the greatest revivals that we know. In 1905, he was the leader of the Welsh Revival that saw over 100,000 people give their lives to Christ in six months. It's incredible. And so Evan Roberts, so I began to study him and he had several points that he would uh, believe in and teach and kind of share. And, and the, really the four things that stood out to me were, were these four things. And we're gonna walk through them over the next four weeks. The first thing he says, revival happens when we hunger and thirst for more God. Revival happens when we confess known sin so we're able to receive forgiveness through Jesus. Revival takes place when we obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And revival takes place when we publicly profess Jesus Christ. And I believe that these actually all kind of lead to one another. I think it's a cyclical approach. And uh, this is what I mean by that. When we hunger and thirst for more of God, hey, Evan, you go to the next screen. When we hunger and thirst for more of God, it leads us into the presence of God. And when we are in the presence of God, it leads to confession that Holy Spirit convicts us. When we uh, begin to confess our sin, it allows us to hear the Holy Spirit in our lives more clearly. When we begin to hear the Holy Spirit, it opens doors up to do the things the work of the Spirit are calling us to do, which allow us to proclaim Christ publicly. And so what we're going to do in the next month is we're going to look at this entire cycle to see how God might bring personal revival to you, to your family, to our community. And I don't think a a revival is ever about one person, one pastor, one church. I think it's bigger than anybody could ever think or imagine. Danish theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, he shares a story about a, a geese who was flying with his flock and um, all of a sudden it got wounded and it kind of stumbles into this barn and uh, it's full of chickens. It's got this chicken coop running around. It's muddy and for a season it's hurt. It can't fly. It's stuck in this chicken coop and as it is, it begins to act like a chicken. It begins to to eat like a chicken. It begins to kind of make its way like a chicken and all of a sudden he's healed and he knows that he's healed and he knows he could fly and then one day he hears honking overhead. It's his tribe flying and soaring through the air. And he begins to uh, get excited. He begins to take off, take flight, and he doesn't have any problems. He's completely able to fly, gets two, three, four feet off the ground, and he says, You know what? I think I'd rather stay back in the chicken coop. And he sacrifices the ability to soar the way God created him, and he spends the rest of his life playing the role of a chicken. And you see, I think we can do that sometimes, church. I think God has called you and I to soar spiritually greater than we could ever imagine. And I think we're okay living in a chicken coop. We're okay playing in the mud because we think that's as good as it could be. But I I just believe God has so much more in store for you. And so we're gonna talk about this idea how to revive your spiritual life. And I don't care who you are, what season of life you're in. We all need a reviving from time to time. We're not always on fire for, for the Lord. There are some days that I'd rather watch a ball game than read the Bible. And some of y'all are judging me right now. Don't judge me. <laughs> there are some days that we rather crave other things than, I mean, it's just not constant. We need a reviving of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's what this series and that's what today's message is about. I heard a, a friend of mine, he, he said once, he said, a top reason we aren't experiencing revival may be because we're content to live without it. You see, that has a lot to do with hunger. You see, the good news with revival is it doesn't require a resume. You don't need all this experience. Some of you are like, man, I've never read the entire Bible. I've never even read the Bible. What are you talking about revival? I feel like that's later on. No, 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 no. There is no experience, there is no resume. What it takes is, it takes hunger and a little bit of faith. And that's something we could all bring to the table today, amen? I also believe this, we can't stop revival but we can miss it. You see, you and I don't have the power to stop the move of God, but we can miss it. And Journey, my prayer is that none of you miss the revival that God wants to do in and through you. This season of my life, I felt like God gave me a phrase, kind of gave me a word. I I felt like he spoke it very clearly to me, and it was this. And I've had it for for a couple years, and it's this phrase, feed hungry people. I felt like that's what God's called me to do in this season, to feed hungry people people. And, and we, we want to feed hungry people in the residency with our interns. We want to feed hungry people. Now we want to feed, uh, whether you've been in the church for 50 years or five minutes, we want to feed hungry people. When you look at the life of Jesus, that's who we hunger out with is hungry people. The people that weren't hungry, the Pharisees, he didn't, he didn't really care for, to spend and waste that time because he already knew where their heart was. They were apathetic, but Jesus loved being around hungry people. And Journey, this is what I love about you. You're hungry. You show up so hungry. I love how you're hungry for worship. You're hungry for the word. You're hungry for rooted. You're hungry to serve. You are hungry. And I love that about you, Journey. Absolutely love that. And I would encourage you, just keep leaning in to what God wants to do because this is what I believe. Hungry people always get fed. I believe that. I believe that hungry people always, always, always get fed. Now, I don't think it would be appropriate for me to talk about being hungry on the 4th of July without talking about Joey Chestnut. Some of y'all know who Joey Chestnut is. Some of you don't. Joey Chestnut is a hero to some. I think that might be a stretch. However, he is the Nathan's hot dog eating champion. Dare I call him an athlete. Joey Chestnut, I don't know if you know this, every 4th of July, there is a Nathan's hot dog eating contest. It's today at noon, okay? Joey Chestnut has won 13 times. Last year, in 10 minutes, he ate 75 hot dogs. We're gonna watch a video of this. I'm just kidding, that would be disgusting. (laughs) I'm just kidding. How gross would that be? We're not gonna watch that ain't nobody want to see that, Joey. Relax. All right. (laughs) Seriously. And this is what he lost in 2015. Okay. And he was interviewed after loss. And this is what he said. He said it was a bummer, but it woke me up. It definitely woke me up. It made me hungry. Like I hadn't been hungry in a long time. (laughs) Like my man, like you lost and probably still threw down 70 hot dogs. Okay. But here's the takeaway that I took when I read that. This guy gets paid to be hungry and he still lost his hunger. Like you and I can lose our hunger, can't we? I mean, isn't that what it says in Revelations? Like they lost their first love. And if somebody that gets paid to be hungry can lose his hunger, I think you and I from time to time may have lost or can lose our hunger. As a matter of fact, I think there's a lot of people that are in this room that are watching, maybe in Lake County, that you're not hungry and yet you're still leaning in, you're watching right now. And if you're not hungry for more of God and you're listening to this, let me just say, I'm so proud of you because I think that that means that you've moved past Christianity being based off your emotion and it's now a commitment. And that's awesome. You're not just listening when you feel like it, you're listening because it's the right thing to do. And I think you're in good company King David said this in Psalm 119:35. He said, "Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statues and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes from worthless things. preserve my life according to your word." So he's even saying, "Man, I have uh, my eyes and my attention and my time. They go to worthless things. They go to things that are selfish. And I love that even King David, somebody that's known after a man after God's own heart still has the same problem I think some of us have where we lack hunger from time to time because we're looking at worthless or selfish things. And if that's you, I just wanna say a prayer for all of us in the room. I'm gonna just pray for us real quick. God, I just pray, would you allow each and every one of us to have a hunger and thirst for more of you? Would you revive something new by your Holy Spirit in us and through us today? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So whether you're hungry or not hungry, I'm glad you're here. And I think God delights in that. So today we're gonna be looking at 2 Kings chapter four. If you have your Bible, you go ahead and open it. Uh, maybe you're following along on an app or an iPad or whatever you have. Uh, maybe the YouVersion app is a free app. We'll talk more about that later. If you don't have anything, it's all good. We're gonna have it on the screen. 2 Kings chapter four, uh, it talks about this family. In this family, we have a husband and wife and we have two sons. Unfortunately, the husband passes away. We don't know how, we don't know the circumstances. We just know he passed away. So now we have a widow and two sons and they have debt. And the debt collector comes to take care of the debt. They don't have the money to pay it off. So the debt collector is going to take the two sons and enslave them to pay for the debt. The widow cries out to a prophet, a man named Elijah for help. And I wanna unpack who Elijah is. Elijah was a prophet. Elijah was a disciple of Elijah, okay? Elijah was a disciple of Elijah. I can't imagine being in a meeting with these two. Can you? <laughs> like, or, or being the spouse of one of them. Like, no, I didn't call you, I called the other one. Like, okay, so, so this guy discipled this guy, okay? Elijah discipled Elijah. And before Elijah left, he said, hey, what is one thing I can do for you? And this is what he said, and I love it. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? He said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. You see, Elijah was hungry for more. And his heart, he, I mean, he was a, they, they were both prophets, so he could ask for anything. And he said, I just wanna, I'm i hungry for more, God. I want a double portion of what you have. And God ended up answering it and gave him a double portion and so Elijah ended up following his mentor and the guy that discipled him. And so now we're in 2 Kings 4, 2, and it says this. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Listen, it's really important. We just glossed over it. Your servant has nothing there at all. This is where a lot of us are. And this is where God loves to shine, except a smart jar of olive oil. And I think what we do is we minimize the small offering that we give to God. And God's like, no, no, no. That's the breeding ground of miracles. When you take something that you think is a small offering to the Lord, that's when he does some of his best work. And some of you, you're, you're asking for a miracle and you're thinking, I got nothing at all, but you do have something. And I would say, whatever that something is, offer it to the Lord. Because watch what ends up happening. Second Kings 4 3 through 7 it says this Elijah said go round and ask all your neighbors for empty jars don't ask for just a few then go inside and shut the door behind you with your sons pour oil into the jars as each one is filled put it to the side She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil and pay off your debts. You and your sons could live on what is left. Let me walk you through what just happened. Okay, so we have these cups. These are the jars. She's got a little bit. She, said, she didn't even remember it. She just said, I have nothing. I just have except this. Go gather some containers and pour it. This little thing, filled this up. And then it filled up another one. And then it filled up another one. It doesn't make sense at this. They're starting to realize, okay, God's in something. And it literally fills up the entire town's containers with just this little thing. But it's not a little thing when it's offered to the hands of the Lord. You see, God doesn't take inventory the same way we do. And the moment we begin to understand his inventory is different than ours, that's when he can begin to do miracles. And, and she ends up filling all of them and the entire town until they're all full by this one. It does, it does not make sense. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, man, I, I just, I wanna raise godly kids, but we have split custody and I just see my kids a little bit Just take what you have and offer it to the Lord and let him do the miracle. Some of you are like, man, I'm massively in debt. I don't know what to do. Take the little that you have and offer it to the Lord and let him do a miracle in your life. And just see, just see what happens. You see, this is what I believe. We're not in control of the miracle, but we are in control of what we bring to God. I don't know what the miracle is. I can't control the miracle, but I can't control what I bring to God. Let me illustrate it this way. I'm playing cups. Any of y'all play cups? I'm also bad. Okay. This is a thimble. Fun fact I've known the word thimble for a long time and have no idea what it's for. Okay? No idea. I believe that if you give God a thimble, He'll fill it up. I also believe that if you give God a bucket, he'll fill it up. I think the capacity that you're willing to give God is what he'll fill up in your life. You wanna give God five minutes a day? He'll fill it up. You wanna give him an hour? He'll fill it up. You wanna give God one day a week? He'll fill it up. You wanna give him every day of your life? He'll fill it up. You wanna give God certain parts of your life? He'll fill it up. You wanna give him your relationships? Whatever you give God, he'll fill it up. Which means we have the control to handle the capacity in which we want God to move in our life. So how are you growing in your capacity? How are you growing to go from a thimble to a bucket? I love that. You see, the oil stopped flowing based on the widow's capacity. And so you might be asking, what are some ways that I can grow my capacity? Maybe, maybe the way you grow from a thimble to a bucket is you wake up 10 minutes early and you get in the Bible or you pray or you worship. Maybe that's you going from thimble to bucket and God fills you every time. I promise you, He'll fill you. Maybe uh, the way that you go from thimble to bucket is maybe you jump into a Bible study, a small group, or rooted. M- maybe it's inviting God into your workplace or into a relationship. I don't know what little bit you need to take and offer to the Lord, but I do know this whatever you give Him, He'll fill. Whatever you give God, He'll fill. And we've seen this with this, this person named Levan. And Levan is the, one of the people that we have hired as a police officer to serve and protect you. And Levan serves Journey Christian Church and she's hungry for God. You see, this is in her church home. She's on duty to work here. But while she's on duty, she's still hungry. And she was hungry and God started stirring and doing something and I want you to watch this video to see how God ended up using her. Check this out.
1: Well, hello, Journey. My name is Lee Van Oliver. I'm a law enforcement officer and I work for a local law enforcement agency. The uh, deputy that assigns the off-duty assigned me here to Journey specifically to Root It and I had no idea what Root It was. I was just kind of curious. I saw all the decoration with all the rooted stuff, and I saw people coming in, signing up for this class. I, over time, I, I see these people coming out, and they look like they were just so excited to be in this rooted class. And I kept saying, you know, one, one day I'm a, one day I'm gonna take rooted. Well, lo and behold, this last rooted class, Pastor Randy came up to me and said, "Hey, Sister Levan, I hear you're interested in taking rooted rooted class." I said, "Yeah, probably when I retire and uh, you know I have time to focus and you know be." part of it. He said, well, Shonda, won't you give Miss Van a, uh, a book? And so I came in. We had the praise and worship, and we broke out into our groups, and I met my sisters, my rooted sisters, for the first time. My introduction was, hi, my name is Lee Renaud. You all know what I do. And I said, I don't even know how I got in this class. Pastor Renner just told me that I'm coming. Uh, but I, all, I, all I know is that I want to learn more and more about the God, I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty to know about the Lord. So as we continue to go through the different weeks, we were able to pray with each other, pray for each other. We would send texts to each other in groups, and it was just, a, it was an awesome experience. So I got to know some root sisters that I never knew I had in this world. And at the root of celebrate, celebration that day, I got to uh, go on the stage and present my cardboard testimony. And I, I said, I'm gonna put I was hungry and thirsty. After Rooted, I became filled. I, I became filled with the knowledge of, of Jesus Christ in a way that I've never known it. I became filled with the hearts of, of these people, my sisters that I've never known, never knew that I was going to experience that. I believe this was a divine appointment assignment by God. And no doubt in my mind, I'll be better because of it.
0: Come on, sir. You see, I could have easily done the video and then just said something about you, but I wanted you to come up here because I knew they would do that because they love, they love people that are hungry for God. And you have led the way. And they probably think that I told you to write hungry and thirsty on your cardboard, but I did not. (laughs) And so I just wanna say thank you for being a leader. She's even told us she's gonna take Rooted to her church and she's gonna keep the hunger going, which I absolutely love. Can we just say thank you one more time for her heart, for what she does? Thank you, thank you. So grateful, so, so grateful. So this is what I believe in this series we're gonna do. The first two weeks, we're gonna talk about this idea of God filling us up. But I think that God fills us up so that we can pour ourselves out. You see, we're not meant to be grace hoarders. We're meant to receive the kindness and the goodness of God so that we can be, to be blessed to be a blessing. And so what we have is we have this cup that says, fill me up, pour me out. Says, fill me up, pour me out. Some of you, you don't care at all about this cup. Some of you are already wondering how can I get 1,700 of those? Okay. <laughs> when you leave, both at Lake County of Popkin, we're gonna have them available online as well. Every single one of you, you'll get one of these cups. How many cups are you gonna get? One, one of these cups. <laughs> Listen, I know your auntie in New Jersey. She wants 17. No, no. you're gonna get one. Okay. God has chosen you today to be the cup bearer, okay? You'll get one cup. And here's the thing, just put it someplace in this series that you remember, God, fill me up and pour me out. God, would you, that might be one of the most powerful, dangerous prayers you could pray. Lord, would you fill me up and would you pour me out? And so on the way out, you'll get more instructions on how to get that. But we want that to be a gift from us to you as a reminder of this series and, This idea of being full of God, I heard a a friend of mine, he's a pastor, he said, man, somebody came up to him and said, man, I wanna wanna hear more of God. How how do I hear? How do I get full of God? He said, well, read the Bible. God will speak to you. No, 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 you don't understand. I wanna hear God audibly. And he said, oh, no worries. Read the Bible out loud. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) I'm telling you, the word of God is so powerful. I wanna encourage you to read the Bible, and uh, everything, especially in America, we are just this engine of go, 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 do, do, do. This idea of stopping and doing nothing almost seems un-American. And maybe it is, because we're believers first and Americans second, but you were not created to produce, you were created to abide, you were created to sit at the feet of Jesus. I want you to listen to this in Mark 1:35. It says this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his, and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Let me just tell you this. When you get away to have a time alone with God, everybody's gonna be looking for you. There is always things to do on the to-do list. What, and this is, this is the most powerful person on the planet. And he got away because he realized it was that important to be with the father. And they come and said, everybody's looking for you. I know, but this is more important than whatever you have. And, and, and I, my prayer is that we would get to a stage in our relationship with God where we can carve out five, 10, 20 minutes, whatever it is to where everybody's looking for you. I know, but right now I'm with the father. And this is where I belong. And so my prayer for you is if you hunger and thirst, you might be wondering, what does that look like practically? It looks like sitting with the Father. This is great. We're called to do this, to have church. But, but the difference between this and other religions is that it is a personal relationship with Jesus. You have the ability and the expectation to meet with Jesus on your own, in your living room, in your bedrooms, in your car, not just in church on a Sunday. And that's the beauty of Jesus. He desires that. That's what Matthew 6 is all about. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So here's really three practical ways. We've talked about this before, how to actually spend time with God. First one would be this, pick a time. As you read the Psalms over and over and over, it talks about early and often. I'm not going to say you have to wake up early to spend time with God. I would, some of you are night people. I would just say this. I do think God deserves your best. If your best is at night, give them at night. If it's in the morning, give them the morning. But make it, make it your best and often. Second one would be pick a place. The first one is pick a time. Like schedule the time. Create the time, schedule it. Pick a place. Don't, don't allow it, any of this to be random. So maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe you have a home office. Maybe it's a porch, front or back. So maybe it's on the bus to work or on the bus to school. Whatever it is, pick a place. And the third one is pick a plan. So I mean, I get the fact that when you open up the Bible, there's a lot of options. And I I wanna encourage you, don't just open it and wing it. There are so many uh, plans out there. I would say if you're looking to grow in your relationship with God, just start in the book of Luke and just keep going. But maybe you, you want or need a plan to accompany you. There's actually literally thousands of plans free available on this thing called YouVersion, which is the Bible app. You can download it on any of your devices. And it literally has tons and tons of plans. I had a buddy of mine reach out for Father's Day and he said, hey, let's do a five-day plan uh, together on how to be better dads. Literally, it was just five days and we did it. And it was on how to be better dads. They have plans for five days, three days, all the way up to 365 days. And you can just go and check it out. They have, literally, they have some for uh, police officers, first responders, to military, to teachers. They have anything and everything to help walk alongside you and your faith. So I would say this, pick a, pick a time Pick a place, pick a plan. Don't let it be random. Let it be a commitment. Psalm 34, four says this. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. This word sought, every time in the Old Testament, it's not the same word for seek or sought. It's different from time to time. But this word sought is darash, D-A-R-A-S-H. To rash, And what it means is it doesn't mean to seek just one time. It's not even a, a spiritual word. It just means you don't just seek something. You don't look for something one time. It means you do it over and over and over continually. And literally the translation is so much that you end up wearing out a path. And I love that. He's saying, I sought the Lord so much that I wore out a path. I sought the Lord so much that I wore out a path. It was consistent. And he answered me. It goes on in Psalm 22, six, the afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek derash, seek him, will praise the Lord. Psalm 119, 10, I seek derash. I seek you over and over and over. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. And here's the cool part. As you and I are seeking after more of God, as we are doing this and we're wearing out a path, You see, God's not just sitting up there just waiting and saying, yep, that's right, come to me. God's actually doing the same to you. I love how Psalm 119 ends. It's the biggest chapter in the Bible. And this is the very last verse. And it says, I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek, that's Darash, your servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. And so the Psalm is saying, I'm coming, I'm coming daily, daily. And then God says, "No, no, no, I'm coming too. You see, with God, it's not, hide and seek. It's not that, that you're seeking for him and he's hiding. It's really seek and seek as you seek after God, he's seeking after you. And he's been seeking after you long before we've been seeking after him. And he delights as, as we heard earlier, Crystal said, he delights in you seeking after him. I want to close with this story this is a story that, uh, that has been common. You probably heard this, maybe you haven't, um, but I, I never heard this ending until recently. This is a story about a guy named Charles Blunden who was a tightrope daredevil and he's famous for walking across Niagara Falls. And as he did this, uh, he went to the audience and says, how many of y'all think that I could walk across the Niagara Falls? Everybody's like, yes, yes, we do. He said, how many think that I can carry somebody on my back? And everybody's like, yes, we believe you. How many volunteers do we have? (laughs) And that's the story that I've known and heard. Maybe you've heard that, but I didn't know this part. And and it could be false. (laughs) But supposedly rumor is the kind of the hype man, the manager said, you know what? I'll do it after nobody else. And the manager clung to him as they're walking over Niagara Falls and every step that you can imagine that Charles is making, the the manager is freaking out and shifting his body, clinging to dear life. And every time he thinks he's doing that to save himself, he's actually causing more and more risk because it's making Charles more vulnerable to the point where Charles screams from the top of his lungs because you hear the roaring uh, uh, waves going and crashing. And he screams this, he says, stop. Only cling to me if you want to live. Do nothing but cling to me. And I think Jesus would say the same thing. Stop. Stop trying to solve everything, be everything, do everything. If you want to live, just cling to me. That's it. That's it. It's not a to-do list. It's okay for 10 minutes of the world to go by without it needing you to fix something, to produce something, to be something, because I just want you to cling to me. Just cling to me. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, God, thank you for being a God that not only allows us to cling to you, you ask us to. That's what John 15 is all about. You call us to abide in you as you with us. And so God, I pray you've given us this this heartbeat, which I love in America to to go, make tomorrow better than yesterday. But but the, the other side of the coin of that is we could feel like we always have to produce, even for you, but yet you, you don't want us to produce, you just want us to abide. And so God, would you help us to simply cling to you? God, would you revive the parts of our heart that are cold, that are stale, that might be hurt from church or Christians? And would you revive it and make it soft that we'd hunger and thirst for more of you like never before in this season? And God, would you you fill us up? And then would you pour us out? It's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. If you like this podcast, we post a new message every week. So make sure to click that follow button and share it with your friends. Remember, Journey is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and through Jesus, anything is possible.